Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. This country belongs to Jagamara, Nagamara, Jubarula, and Narulu. This is my mother's country. My mum told me that my father was from Yugoslavia. I think he left me when I was young. Identity is an interesting thing. I've always found that in my earlier life a bit of a struggle. The trip that I'm on is following the trip that my late father did many years ago in the late 1950s. Yeah, I try to do it, uh, teach my kids from my roots, to not forget where they come from, and... Uh, <laughs> I first met Joseph Williams on Warramongal country. That's his ancestral land. What does it mean to be an initiated man? You go through the law with the men and women, all peoples involved, and you get told how to respect yourself, how to respect other people, how to respect your family. My dad, I haven't seen him for majority of my life, and I think I'm going to meet him today, I think. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovic, and this is episode number 389. Fresh from its run at the Croatian Film Festival is Countryman a documentary that follows the journey of filmmaker Peter Pekutic as he follows the long road taken by his Croatian immigrant father over 65 years ago. It is a journey that leads him to Joseph Williams, an Aboriginal elder and artist who embarks on his own journey to reclaim his own Croatian heritage, a documentary that delves into questions about heritage, identity, and the notion of country. Countryman has relevant issues that still hold a strong relevance in Australia today. And joining me today is the director and producer of Countryman, Mr. Peter Pekovic. Peter, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. So first off, you know, we're just talking off air about how I watch this film at the Croatian Film Festival. As you and I, as people from the Croatian heritage, how awesome is it that here in the Sydney we, in, we actually have an annual Croatian festival to go to? I mean, for me, I think it's, such a, it's a real blessing uh, considering the work that I do that I can watch uh, movies from uh from my parents' country and, uh, and learn to partake in the culture in that way. What about for yourself? Yeah, I think it's so important. This um, festival is organised by a cultural organisation, voluntary cultural organisation called Croatia House, and this was their third Croatian film festival. And it's actually the only Croatian film festival that exists outside of Croatia. It's so important and a lot of people think, oh, well, Croatian Film Festival, we've got the uh, Italian or Japanese or French film festivals. 
But, but these countries have got huge resources for their um, ability to project culturally overseas. They're very large countries with Alliance Francaise or Japan Foundations or Goethe Institutes to support such initiatives. But Croatia is only a country with around 4 million people. It's just yeah. around the population of Sydney. So, it, it, but everyone knows about Croatia, but also mainly through sport and, of course, the beautiful islands, which are my ancestral lands but to also see more deeper cultural engagement and uh, and to add to the cultural mosaic of Australia, which we've already been contributing to for a long time in this in this format, so important. So I really uh, celebrate the um, efforts of Croatia House to, to, pr to produce this festival annually. And for people out there who don't know, if you ever watch Game of Thrones or many other kind of period films, uh, a lot of the places in the Andamatia um, is actually used as locations for those um those shows because of just the rich history in, in the buildings and the architecture that those places have. Um, and I think it's a really good selling point for Croatia as well, especially now, hopefully, um, I mean, they're doing it rough right now. They've been doing it rough for the last couple of years with the earthquakes and the COVID. So hopefully, you know, things will get back to normal sooner or later so people can get over over there again. I know I definitely am, am chomping at a bit to get over there, especially after watching um, Countryman. I mean, this is such a fascinating movie, Peter, you know, it, it began a different way, though, didn't it? I mean, the whole initiate, the whole kind of origin of this of this story was yourself following this trek that your father took. Um, it's like this, what was a 10,000-kilometre journey from Sydney all the way to the top uh, of Australia at the edges, edges of Queensland there, far north. Um, and he came to Australia, was it 1956, is that correct? That's right. He, he, um, he studied in Prague um, engineering, and then after that, he came to visit his sister who had migrated before the Second World War and had a tomato farm in Cabramatta. Mm. <laughs> and uh, he came to, to visit her and actually help her because her husband, my uncle, had had an injury. So he just came to help out and have a look at Australia. But he, he really came to Australia as a tourist. He wasn't actually completely set on migrating, but he, he said to me he came to Australia as a tourist, but then he went back to Croatia as a tourist a couple of years later. So he, he worked for a couple of years after helping on the tomato farm. He was working in, a, in an engineering company that was making uh, conveyor belts and things for the coal mines that are down south coast from Sydney. And then he, after a couple of years, a mate of his had come into some money and bought a, a Jaguar, 1958. And they decided impromptu, they had some village folk from their uh, island of Korchula up in far north Queensland in Cairns that had become cane cutters. And they just impromptu went for it and just went on this road trip. Crazy. It, it, is, it is crazy, but I think it's there's so much, you know, when it comes to like the, the immigrant story, there's there's hard hard yards are taken, but it's also kind of like a romanticism to it as well, um, to the whole thing. that um, And it's really great to talk like whenever I talk to my parents about when they came to uh, Australia, that was back in 1969 they came here um, with my yep. older sister who was one years old at the time. And their their journey to here and their first kind of like, you know, initial months here were like very hard or like all these kind of, you know, crazy things going on with them. Like it's a story in, in itself. Like I've always had a dream of making a, a movie about my, my parents' immigration story, which is why I think I love your movie so much because in a certain way, Countryman is a tale of is a movie of two different stories, but that makes a complete whole. Um, in one of those halves, is like what I said to immigrant story before. It's these tales of these Croatian men and women who were starting a new life in like this, you know, this strange land of Australia. And here they they built family, they built business, they built a foundation for future generations. In your mm. kind of like following of the footsteps that your father had in this long journey in his Jaguar, 
it was was that the intention that you had as well? I mean, was the intention always to make a film, or was it more kind of like a personal journey in your on your behalf and something you just wanted to document along the way? It, it was in, in at the beginning. It was a, a personal journey. Um, a, a lot of us uh, diaspora, not only from Croatia but uh, other um, first generation migrants. I think as they get older, they get to go back to their ancestral lands. And there's uh, something that draws them there, which is the case for me. And normally nowadays I'm spending up to three or four months being based over in, in those lands, uh, which are my ancestral lands. But um, COVID prevented that. So with COVID preventing that, I decided to get a camper van and explore the country of my birth. And the way to explore the country of my birth was to reenact this road trip that my father always told me, a late father always told me about, and I, I, the, the people that he visited had already passed, but I just thought, well, I'll go and see the descendants of those people. Now, I was having dinner and a few glasses of wine with some mates here in Sydney, and one of them said, you should make a documentary out of that, and, and that triggered the idea to make a film out of it. That is, and, I mean, the film takes a, a certain twist, doesn't it, because you're up there in the, in the north, you, you meet a, um, I think uh, it's an art curator up there, and you work in kind of like event planning, and she asked, uh, you know, you got the chatting, she asked for your help in putting together an art exhibition um, by an, an Aboriginal artist over in uh, Northern Territory named Joseph Williams. Um, is that pretty much how you got to meet Joseph? Yeah, it was It was before the road trip, actually. I, I was, um, I, I practised Vipassana meditation at a Theravada temple in the Southern Highlands, and you don't actually talk to people very much when you're doing that. In fact, you're just keeping quiet. But we were just coming out of uh, uh, a practice because we had a bushfire, one of those, you know, um, terrible bushfires that were a couple of years ago approaching the temple. We had to evacuate or secure the place and evacuate. And she knew that I worked in event production, in, in exhibitions and art, and she was working on the Sydney Biennale and she was working with an in Indigenous group of artists from Tennant Creek and she asked me to help. And then she actually flew me to Tennant Creek. This is before the road trip. And she flew me there to meet the uh, artists and to look at the works to help to journey map what we were going to set up in Cockatoo Island. And she said, oh, by the way, one of the artists really wants to meet you. And I said, oh, yeah, why is that? And she goes, well, his dad left when he was young, but I think his dad was from the same part of Europe as your parents are from. And I said, really, what's his name? She said, Joseph Williams, but his nickname's Yugi. What, what do you mean, like Yugi for Yugoslavia? And she went, yeah. And I said, oh, yeah, I definitely want to meet this guy. When it comes and so to I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you meet him and he tells you his story, um, are you already in the midst of, of like editing what you already had in regards to your uh, road trip? Or did you kind of like think, you know, were you thinking maybe it could be a separate project or did you see how these kind of two different stories could merge together in the one film? Yeah, at that time I, saw, I thought it was a separate project. At that time it was really just me getting to know, to know Joseph and teaching him um, I, I had no idea what part of the region in Europe that he came from, and it didn't matter. Um, but I was teaching him language. I was teaching him music. Uh, I was teaching him, you know, our practices. And he starts teaching me Warramongal, uh, starts showing me country. And we're having this exchange. And when they finally come to Sydney for the Biennale, um, I put on at my place a, a Bondi Beach Balkan party mm. and give them, you know, uh, the, the the liquor that we have, the Shlivovitsa, the Rakia, the... The, the, the food that we have and also because he's a desert folk I was also some of them taking into the surf for the very first time they'd been in the ocean and I didn't get them standing up but I got them lying down on surfboards and feeling the energy of the ocean but but that's what created that friendship so when I was later up filming up in far north Queensland the descendants of Croatian migrants 
uh, I decided to then cross the Cape and go across into the territory to reconnect with Joseph in the context of that film as I'd already made that, established that friendship with him. Before you met Joseph and before, like, you had, like, these kind of Balkan parties in, in Sydney, et cetera, what type of understanding did he have of his Croatian um, ancestry? Because I know he's he himself been, been a, a prominent part of the Aboriginal culture where he is a part of his people as an artist, as an activist, as an initiator man. That part of his of his life is very much, you know, very much who he is. But what about the Croatian side of him? Did he know much about his heritage? Did he know much about the cultures and the customs? Or was all of the things you introduced to him the first time he came across these certain uh, these certain things in his life? The, the process of making the film was what actually uncovered uh, his origins, clearly. When I met him at first, I knew his surname. We looked up his surname and uh, the surname exists around Zagreb, exists around Zadar, exists in, in other areas outside of Croatia. And so we, we weren't sure, you know. But funnily thing, funny thing, my mother was saying, oh, he's definitely a Dalmatian. I was saying, why is that? It's because the Dalmatians have just got this tradition of exploring. Of real, And, you know, like my father went on that road trip all the way up to Cairns on dirt roads uh, in 58. You know, she, she was convinced that, that uh, his father uh, would have been from the, the Dalmatian region because of that uh, exploratory element, but not necessarily. You know, there's, there's so many migrants from so many backgrounds that, that went out into the mines and, and lived that very hard pioneering life. But, yeah, the, the, the real discovery was actually within the process of making the film that this came to the surface and manifest. When it comes to the relations between Croatian people and Aboriginal people, I mean, here where we are in Sydney, it's pretty much almost kind of non-existent. We don't really have those connections with the with the caveat, of course, that we're all on in Australia, of course. Um, what's it like up when you, as they travel north? Is, is it where there is more prominent population of Indigenous peoples? Is there more of a connection with the Croatian communities there? Or is Joseph a bit of a rarity when it comes to that? Uh, if we're talking far north Queensland, there's a lot of contact. Um, there, there's, there was one gentleman I interviewed who's a grandson of a, of a Croatian migrant who's a cane farmer, but his grandfather was a, you know, by hand cane cutter. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that they actually, nowadays, they, um, or when he went to school, they, it's compulsory to learn the local language. You know, that, that, that's nothing like I had growing up in Sydney uh, when I was going to school. There was no language or cultural education at all so yeah. so there, there seems to be much more contact and I've got also from my mother's side who's also from Pelyashats uh, also part of Croatia Dalmatia uh, in, in New Zealand you also have with the Maori uh, uh, in the northern part of the North Island of New Zealand you have a lot of contact there and actually a lot of um, intermarriage as well uh, you had in the in the past so uh, and I, I think there's a similar um, values uh, that existed. One, one thing in particular, and that's what I do explore in, in Countrymen, is the, uh, the view of the land, the view of the relationship to country, yes. of, of what, what's sacred about country. And, and one thing I mentioned, as you know, at the uh, opening that we had at the festival was that my father actually had two jars that he brought from Europe to Australia, one with um, uh, the Adriatic Sea inside it, and another with some soil from the island of Korchula, and these were given to him by his mother to never forget the sea and the land and the country that he came from. And he always taught me that any of those lands that I might inherit 
are not mine to sell because they're ancestral lands and my job is just to look after them for the potomsi, the potomsi for the descendants. So yes. there's this um, this connection with country that I found profoundly similar between the Warramungal um, uh, view and the view that um, it's been instilled in me that's come from Croatia. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favourite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. I think what the movie did for me, like similar to yourself, my parents um, have land over in Croatia and they've always said stuff like that's going to be for you and such. And I think even like, to even up to the the eve of watching countryman my thought of it was you know that's that's my ancestry but that's not really my home you know i was born in australia i was educated here um english is clearly the most the more more dominant uh language spoken in in my household um but after watching your movie the notion of country um that we understand very much as a significant spiritual, cultural part of the of the Indigenous Aboriginal experience here in Australia and other lands as well. I never really got that from a, you know, first-generation Australian uh, perspective when it comes to my own ancestry. And I think that you really opened my eyes in regards to that, how important it is that I have a connection to my own motherland and that I kind of keep that connection alive for future generations. I just want to thank you for that. Oh, if, if, if that's alone what the documentary has done, I'm satisfied and very happy. I mean, it really uh, has. And, and, you know, is that something for yourself as well? I mean, what perceptions do you have before you do this documentary? Um, not only in regards to, you know, um, relations, you know, the relations with your with your Indigenous people, not but with people, with your own people as well, when it came to this, this, this is there a strength? Do you have a, a stronger outlook now? onto your ancestry and the notion of country and how it applies to yourself as a Croatian Australian? Yeah, the, the shift for for me has been to uh, transpose that uh, view of 
what is sacred of the ancestral lands that has continuity back in Europe. We, we trace it on Korchula on on other side for about 800 years, so not that much or anything compared to Indigenous uh, continuity of culture, but I've, I've learned to transpose that that um, conversation and, and uh, love of that land to this land. And even though I don't have a continuity of ancestry on, on these lands, I can understand and respect the continuity that exists here and also be invited to participate in that continuity and be a part of that and, and have that conversation with the, the land here. And, and that's been the important shift for me that, you know, our, our obsession nowadays is, you know, property prices and, you know, we live off the fat of the land in Australia. Our whole conversation here is based on living in a, in a, in a, in a country that's been, um, taken and mined and exploited and we have this incredible uh, standard of living because of that but but we don't have this regard uh, for country here as much outside of a commodity mm. and if we can shift that uh, love we have from the ancestral land as migrants or first generation migrants here and 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 be hand in hand in embrace with the um, uh, Indigenous uh, uh, First Australians and and respect and practice, but practice it as well, not just acknowledge it, but actually practice it as well. Then we start shifting ourselves into what that whole existential crisis is we have at the moment with our environment. And that existential, existential crisis with the environment is actually an existential crisis about our relationship to country. I want to talk about the the filming of of the documentary. You're saying at the um, at the Creation Film Festival, this was filmed mostly um, by iPhone and drone. Um, and look, you know, some people uh, might say iPhone, but you know, how so many people film with their iPhone these days? Even big time filmmakers in the in the states, like Steven Soderbergh, they they film with with phones and such like that these days. Um, when you are filming with the iPhone, um, is that more of a just like the resources that you have on hand? Is it more kind of like a um, something that uh, is just you know, easy for you to operate? Um, and in, uh, after that, are you thinking with future projects you might continue to work with with phone? Or are you thinking about maybe upgrading to like more kind of digital cameras, etc.? Yeah, yeah. Filming on a smartphone that that was um, uh, an, an interesting way to approach it, and certainly I didn't expect it to be up on a cinema screen. So that was a bit of a surprise. But one one useful thing because it was a solo journey I took with a camper van, a drone and, and, and very minimal kit. And the advantage of using a smartphone is that you can rig up and operate very quickly. And also it, I was interviewing a lot of people that haven't been interviewed before. Hmm. So to have a very um, unintimidating kit, so it's just looking very, uh, uh, every day as far as the setup is concerned, apart from having a separate audio setup, I think helps with keeping the um, subjects relaxed and and informal and being able to really tell their stories, their life stories, without um, feeling too um, on show. And so I think it's a very useful technique, both from having minimal crew, it's a crew of one, and also to have your subjects um, more relaxed and also to be able to move quickly, to set up quickly, to react quickly. 
So that, that was the advantage, I think, of, of using a smartphone. As far as future, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. I think it depends on the subject and the subject matter mm. um, that would uh, define that because you have the disadvantages, of, of course, as well, um, uh, uh, cinematographically as far as you have less depth and, um, and the uh, Snezhan Bayagic, who was our, the editor, was uh, having a bit of a nightmare to just, uh, he post-produced as well in grading just to get it looking as good as we could on the, uh, on the cinema screen. So, yeah, well, advantages think- I think it turned out great. It really did. I think um, it turned out great considering uh, what you were recording with and and, and, the, and et cetera. And the editing of the film was really terrific, I thought, uh, the way it put together. And what really makes it work as well, I found, was the music. It was really surprising to me, the music choices in the film. It's kind of like uh, alternative to what I imagined it would be, um, but it really worked in the context of the story you're telling. Is it true that um, one of the artists that you had on um, in a part of the uh, soundtrack um, is actually banned from Alice Springs? Is this correct? Yeah, that's right. They're called the Holy Dimes, and they're uh, an amazing trio, uh, two, gar- two guitars and drums. And I met them uh, while we were filming down in Alice Springs. You didn't see any much footage of uh, Alice Springs. We didn't use that. We have about two and a half hours of cut footage that we that we ended up um, recording. But they, they, I met them just by chance. Uh, heard them playing at a gig and fell in love with their music and uh, approached them and and interviewed them. And I, I will put up that interview on our site uh, at a later stage. And they volunteered, kindly volunteered their music. And what I like about their music is it's it's authentic desert music that yep. comes from country, yep. you know. So that, that, I really loved using that. The other music we used uh, outside of the uh, Dalmatian music that you would have heard is uh, from a Slovenian band, uh, avant-garde band called Leibach. And Leibach um, actually have they know about the film and support the film. So they they've also uh, agreed to have their music synchronized to, to the footage, but they were also involved with the Sydney Biennale in the past and, and uh, are really interested in, in Joseph Williams and, and his works. And also as, as musicians and artists, they very much are interested in exploring the themes of identity. So it was also wonderful having Leibach involved. And the other music was very classic, Dalmatinsky klapper music, Dalmatian klapper music, yeah. and the other, the other music you heard was um, actually the voice of my my um, my cousin, and it was my cousin, the child's voice at the end of the film. It's actually my cousin Milos singing to my late father when he first returned back to Croatia in 1961, back to the village, and he just. And my father was had this tradition of recording, which obviously I've. Uh, um, uh, emulating and um, he recorded this beautiful song sung by Mali Milosh to him about uh, never forget your your Rodni Kraj, your, your place of birth. Yes. I mean, the when you deal with subjects and themes like identity and heritage, that's stuff that's ever-evolving. That never ends. You learn more about yourself and you delve further into it. And I have a feeling that countryman, uh, Joseph's journey and your journey, Peter, Peter, is only just beginning uh, with this documentary. You know, as soon as things clear up in, in Croatia and things in, are able, people are able to travel, et cetera, can you foresee maybe in a couple of years in the other country man journey to continue with perhaps uh, yourself and Joseph uh, going uh, over to uh, Croatia to his ancestral 
uh, lands, his Croatian ancestral lands, and maybe continuing his journey of discovery over there? Definitely. One dream with this film is to play it in film festivals uh, back in Europe, in, in Croatia and, and in the region. And if we are uh, selected uh, to these film festivals, then I will do my very best to ensure that Joseph is coming with me and that we can participate in these um, festivals because I, I think as much as it's an important Australian story. Uh, it, it's also a really important European story for people who, who are living born in Europe, who look at us and, and want to see what we've become yeah. as these descendants of migrants. And I, I think it's a very important audience. So if that will happen, and I, I very much hope it will, and we'll do my best to make that happen, then of course, we will go to Budak, which is uh, Joseph's ancestral uh, village homeland near Zadar. And um, I'll definitely be recording that as well. And, and hopefully we can continue that story and, and, continue, and continue that exploration. And I can't wait to, to hear his impressions and views uh, with his wisdom on, on the ancestral land that he will soon touch. Well, for everyone out there listening, countryman, um, I highly recommend people keep an eye out and ear out for whenever this um, um, film appears in any type of film festivals. Um, Peter, when's the best way for people can kind of um, keep abreast of, of any updates in regards to Countryman? Is there anywhere, uh, hashtags or websites or any socials that you can point people to that they can uh, check out um, the film, the trailer and any type of updates uh, whatsoever? Yeah, absolutely. So we intend to do extra screenings for communities around Australia, but important screenings will be in Alice Springs and then in Tennant Creek. And if anyone who is interested in this, I, I, I welcome them to come along to these screenings in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek because that'll be bringing this story home, uh, home back to, to Joseph's country. Um, so the, the hashtag handle is uh, hashtag countryman movie. And that's where we'll have all that information kept up to date. Um, and it's a terrific documentary, Peter. And I so I'm so happy that I, I found out about it and I got a chance to watch it. It was the I saw the last uh, session at the Creation Film Festival a couple of nights ago at the Riverside Theatres in, in Parramatta, um, and it was terrific to be able to see uh, your story and Joseph's story. And um, yeah, I can't wait to to share this with people because I think it's a it's a really relevant uh, um, documentary, and the themes in it uh, still hold uh, much much power amongst among a lot of people, uh, whether uh, 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 Native Australians or Indigenous Australians or or immigrants or first generation or all through the spectrum of it all. I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. And uh, Peter Pekatich, I thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations with the documentary, and, and hopefully uh, we'll keep in touch with future projects. I'd love to hear uh, if there's any screenings. Let me know, and I'll do my very best to share it on my socials and try to get people out to these screenings because it's a it's a movie people need to watch. Thanks so much, Matt. And Matt, please come to Tennant Creek. Come to the screening there too. Thank oh, you. I loved it. <laughs>